Welcome, folks, to another episode of Finance Scams. This is our third episode, and um, it's going to be a wild one. A lot of things have happened in the crypto world in the past week. A lot of bad things. Uh, maybe some good things, but mostly just bad. But in any case, um, you know, we're here to give you a pod every week through the good times and the bad times. And so here's, here's what I have on the pod today. Um, I have a trader who's been trading for a good while. His name is Miguel. Miguel, do you want to say hi to people? Hello, everybody. Cool, cool. And then, of course, you have my co-host over from um, Manchester. I got that yes. right. Yes, yep. you got it right. Well done. <laughs> hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. Yep, that's Phil. That's Phil for you, everyone. So um, before we get into talking to Rumble, I mean, no, Miguel, uh, about his um, career in uh, crypto, I'm going to ask Phil, like, how's your past week been? Tell us more about your Shiba investments. Hi, well, Shiba was a waste of time. <laughs> so I put $150 into that, and it's it's just dropped to 61 No signs are going up. <laughs> that rock go down and keep but, on going down. <laughs> but if it does go up, I've got 6.5 million of them, so I'm good. Nice, nice. Um, so we can wish for that one. <laughs> That's hilarious. So do you, have any, do you have any investments this week which were actually successful? Well, my Matic was pretty good. I bought... Oh, God, I'm going to have to use the Queen's currency. Yes. I know you like dollars. £300. <laughs> pounds. Whatever that is in dollars. <laughs> so I, we'll stick to pounds. So £300, pounds, and then I sold it just sort of as the crash started on Wednesday? Yesterday, wasn't it? Sold that for 1300 So it made a nice grand. Nice, nice. That should finance your trip to the United States to, you know, come see us. Out yeah, here. maybe. How much is a first-class ticket? Because I only fly first-class. <laughs> Um, that's more than a first-class ticket, buddy. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to have to do some more investments then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Toss your Matic into more Matic. <laughs> well, it's dropped a bit, so I could buy some more, I think. Is it down at the moment? No, it's still up. It's still up from your sell point. <laughs> ah, damn it. I should have waited a bit. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, after we had that lovely banter with Phil over, um, you know, his crypto investments... Um, let's transition over to Miguel here. So, uh, Miguel, are you ready for your um, hard, you know, Scrabble interview here, which is really going to really just get deep into it and intimidate the hell out of you? Uh, yeah, go as deep as you want to. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I'm about to um, go in deep. All innuendo um, intended. <laughs> All right. So, um, Miguel, tell me your story. How'd you first get into crypto? Like, what motivated you? What motivated you to get in? Uh, well, I come from the world of gambling. Uh, I was, uh, I'm a semi-successful sports better. Uh, <laughs> and I used to play. I used to play uh, online poker quite a bit and mm-hmm. back in the day. And it's a it's a long convoluted story, but um, in 2011, the U the U S government closed down two of the biggest uh, online poker sites, Oof. and one of the things that uh, was immediately proposed was that everyone moved to crypto, and that's how like the gambling community got into crypto. So, and I was a part of that at the time. Uh, I was still skeptical of it, so uh-huh. I didn't get jump in right away. Uh, but I watched from the sidelines, and I just saw this, stu- this stupid internet coin uh, just shoot up every year, and then eventually, I think. One year, I just decided to jump in. 
you know, I didn't want to miss that boat. So I got FOMO, but like it was about five, six years later. Shit. All right. So 2011 was when you first started getting interested into it, into it, but it took you a long time before you acquired the true FOMO to get in. So that's stupid. Uh, nice. It's because uh, I live in Canada and the, the gambling, gambling in Canada is, is not as looked down upon as mm -hmm. it is in the United States. So I could still play online poker fine. And uh, while this crypto thing was happening, I was still chasing the dream of being a poker millionaire. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I had to adjust it to becoming a poker thousandaire, and then eventually a poker hundred hundredaire, and now I'm retired. So there you go. <laughs> now you're a poker broker. Yeah. Uh, actually, I found uh, through my journey, I was I discovered I was actually a way better sports better than a poker player. So now I do that kind of like as a side hustle, and I have a full time job. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dream it almost happened, but you know, the poker dream kind of had its issues. I mean, I was unemployed for three years, so that was a that was a great run. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, you got any thoughts on that story? Anything you want yeah, to add? So, yeah. What what sports do you bet on now? Oh, I don't early. bet on a lot of sports. Uh, I stick to my niches, so uh, I bet on MMA, uh, professional hockey, professional football professional basketball and presidential election and that's about it did you get the last one right the last u.s election or the one I before have bet, i have bet on every u.s election since the uh 2008 election so and i've been right on all except for the 2016 uh man 2016 was really a killer for the bets um i remember oh, one yeah that was a shock to me as well i did not expect yeah i remember for that election um i had a lot of good bets going in i won a lot of the primary bets so I figured, okay, I can get a nice 15%, you know, gain, but just go all in on the uh, Clinton versus Trump, and um, yeah. just get a nice little top off before I exit out. Damn, I, Hillary, let everyone down. I topped myself off to zero. <laughs> <laughs> we had nothing left over. <laughs> Lock her up. And I was like, no, my money, my money. But you know, thankfully that was just like 300 bucks. So whatever, who cares? <laughs> Um, well, actually, the 2020 elections are were probably the biggest betting event of maybe the last four or five years. Yeah, you got some good uh, odds to play against there. Yeah, no, but like you, the betting limits on the presidential elections this year, or I guess last year, were higher than like Super Bowls and World Cups. Wow! Uh, like I was, I was seeing limits of like 700k being bet on uh, both candidates. Huh. Yeah. Damn. All right. So um, we talked about everything but crypto. <laughs> but so let's transition back to crypto because the name of our, our podcast is like crypto based. So we should probably talk about that. Uh, well, the name of your podcast is finance scams. Oh, right? and there's it, nothing more scam worthy than gambling, really. Shit, you got me there. You got me there. That is yeah. a big finance scam. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. I mean, the gambling world gravitated gravitated towards crypto because it's it was like uh barely legal in the US at the time. So right. that's kind of one of the uses of crypto, right? It's yep. hiding your your, your, your uh, transactions. Exactly. And also setting your gambling yeah. addictions in the in a large yeah. way. Because really that's all we're doing for the most part is just gambling. In a way, yeah. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, so um, you got into crypto. So like, what were your like first like initial forays? Like, what did you invest in? Uh, my first thing was Ethereum uh, in twenty. I want to say early twenty seventeen. Ooh man, you got uh, an early. Time, it, yeah, we'll get into that. So uh, at the time, it was uh, you could buy it directly off of Coinbase for like fifteen bucks with a credit card in Canada. Damn. So I was just doing that. Uh, and I was just 50 bucks at a time. Mm -hmm. And I think I built a pretty healthy stack that if I had kept, uh, I would be a lot richer now. But I did not. <laughs> You'd be uh, one of those people who'd be dumping down the noobs. Well, uh, I, well when uh, Coinbase opened up their Litecoin uh, transactions, I bought some Litecoin as well. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, I didn't buy. I'm Bitcoin sorry to hear that. that I'm sorry to hear that. Litecoin or the Bitcoin thing? Litecoin. That was yeah. my first coin too. First coin I ever bought was a Litecoin, and then it immediately tanked. <laughs> That's Litecoin for I you. I think I'm just cursed. That was 2018 sometime. I think you're, I bought mine. You're not cursed. Litecoin does that to you. It just tanks. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, never again. I've been burned once. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make that mistake with Litecoin. I only bought it once or twice, and then I just converted it all to Ethereum because I was like, what is the point of this? That's smart. What is the point of Litecoin, really? <laughs> well, it's advertised as Bitcoin Silver, right? Yeah. Kind of like the, it's branding. And uh, at the time that I was buying it, or at the time that I was buying crypto, it was uh, Bitcoin was having its transaction issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people would do is if they wanted to uh, trade crypto on a, another exchange, they would buy Litecoin, then transfer it, and then convert it to Bitcoin or whatever. Right. So, yeah, Litecoin was kind of like the medium of transfer at the time. Right. Nowadays, we just use like XLM for that. Super, super fast. It goes everywhere. Yeah. Every exchange has it. Well, there's also a lot more fiat on-ramps as well. Like, True. I could buy... ADA and uh, Polkadot just directly with money. On Binance, right? No, no. Um, I buy it on a Canadian exchange because that's where I'm located. Ah, ah Canadian exchanges. Yeah. Uh, we, we got some stories to dive into there, but we're not there yet in the storyline. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Yep. So you first got into like Ethereum and Litecoin on uh, Coinbase in early 2017. So how'd you go yeah. from there to like different sort of coins, which are a little less, you know, Degenerate, or more degenerate, rather. Well, yeah. Uh, being a, uh, I have a, a bit of a, a gambling mentality, so and I apply this to my my stock trades as well as crypto trades. Uh, I just didn't realize how crazy crypto was at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, just being in the space, even in like a top three or four coin, uh, you're already a pretty big de degenerate as it is. There's no need to go lower than that, but. <laughs> You know, yeah. at the time I didn't, I wasn't young and naive and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I saw the, uh, I, I read the stories gains. about ICOs and privacy coins and, you know, I was, I was tempted by that. The Verge millionaires. <laughs> the Verge millionaire, millionaires, yeah. Uh, the, the story with Verge was that in, uh, if you had, had invested $100 in Verge in January of 2017, you would have been a millionaire by November of 2017, so... Yeah, I think we know a guy who did that. Did he keep it? 
Um, he now basically um, wrecks news with FTM, or he gets wrecked by FTM and complains about it all the time. Oh, is it? Is it Yankee? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Yankee made yeah. a lot of dough off uh, Verge. Okay, very impressive. <laughs> but yeah, so he went from uh, so he went down after hearing the stories of you know these people like investing a hundred bucks in shit like Verge and making millions. Yeah. So, like, what did you um, choose? <laughs> yeah, so from Ethereum, I kind of just decided to stick with other Ethereum-like coins or Ethereum ICOs. So, mm -hmm. like, directly off of Litecoin and Ethereum, I went straight into, uh, I think it was Bancor. Like <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was, it was one of, like, the first, like, uh, attempts at um, decentralized exchanges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's still around too. It's still around. It's on Coinbase now, I think. Yeah, it's doing well. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I remember the price of uh, the ICO too. I put like two units of Ethereum into it, uh, <laughs> and I, I didn't think it was that much, but it was like Ethereum was only like fifty bucks at the time, right, or eighty right. bucks at most. Right. Back then, not that much. Yeah, but how was I supposed to know that Ethereum would hit like a thousand dollars within a year? You'd, I mean, you have to be a true believer, man. True believer yeah. in the power of Ethereum. Kind of like mm -hmm. how I look at Matic and I think to myself, like, how much farther can it go, <laughs> really? Yeah, it has, it's had a pretty impressive run. I don't know much about it, but uh, everyone seems to be talking about it, so. Right, right. I think everybody's talking about it because it's zoomed the hell up really hard and really fast. And mm -hmm. um, we're all kind of looking to see, like, where do we go next for our, for our degen plays from ESC. But, um, yeah. So um, you bought, basically, Bancor. Um, so what happened to your Bancor? Uh, you know what? I might have lost it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you got to find that, man. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. yeah let's, let's, I don't even know how many units of Bancor I got off of that. Let's go like look. Maybe a couple hundred? Let us go yeah. look on Coinbase. You heard my keyboard did the clicky clack. Getting there. We're getting there. I've I've got it in the Queen's money again. Oh, okay, tell us. Three pounds seventy six, which is I assume you want dollars. Five dollars thirty four for one. <laughs> oh, a bit man. over five bucks. Oh man, you gotta find that. <laughs> That's well, based on the chart I have on uh, Coin Market Cap here, it looks like the peak of it was actually right after the ICO, and then after that it just collapsed. So I don't think I lost that much money. <sighs> I lost more money on the opportunity cost of investing Ethereum into it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh wait, I don't think Bancor is on Coinbase. I lied. Yeah. BNT Bancor Network Token. Oh, yeah, that is. Okay. That's, yeah, it is. All right, cool. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I also uh, have uh, about 7,000 units of a coin called Komodo that I lost the password to. <laughs> so that's lost in the ether. So, oh. uh, all right. Uh, luckily, well, maybe not luckily, but luckily, uh, Komodo hasn't really done much in the intervening four or five years. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, it's whatever. Nice. It would have been nice to cash that in when it was like a buck, but right, right. Oh, look at that! It's a buck seventy-five. 
<laughs> oh man, you gotta. I mean, you got all these. You got you got your money. Like it's like just like kind of like wandered around somewhere. Um, you gotta pick it up. You know, pick up this so-called loose change, which is really amounts to probably a shitload. You get down to it. Well, in Komodo's case, it's well over eight grand. I guess I'd be losing out on. Damn. Uh, Damn. But honestly, the uh, the wallet address to that, or not the wallet address, the uh, the uh, what's it called, the uh, the twenty five word passphrase. Yep. Is just it's lost to the ether. They had a major bug in their early wallet that uh, that screwed (laughs) out a whole bunch of people. Oh man. I was one of the victims. Yeah. Oh man, that's awful. It's, It's a legit coin. But I don't really think about it too much for obvious reasons. Yeah, I'm sorry to make you think about it right now. So, oh, oh no. people in this country who've lost millions, they've like thrown hard disks away with, I don't know, 20 million worth of Bitcoin on them. Some if guy you're involved in the gambling community at all, like, one of the best parts is like hearing people's lost stories. So, like, <laughs> I have no problems telling my lost stories. Oh no, here we go again, about to lose a million dollars. You know, if anything, I laugh at other people's lost stories harder than... Yeah, um, we had some good lost stories. Um, I think a lot of people that we know, they lost a lot in 2018 just holding, but then they also kind of gained it back by literally just holding on through and just logging into Binance in like the past two months and like looking at their accounts and being like, wait... That shit I bought back then is actually worth a lot now. How did that happen? What were the coins that everyone was investing in in 2018 that, like, recovered? V-Chain. Um, Yo, God. God, yeah. that one hurts. Yeah. I think I've told that one a couple times, but uh, uh, V-Chain had, uh, has this node program called... Uh, they're named after, like, Norse gods. But you, get a, you got a Thor node, right? No, I got the one right above it. The strength oh, X wow. node. Wow, that's a yeah, lot, so man. That's, that's 1.6 million VeChain, uh, which I think VeChain is, what, 10 cents? No, it's more than that. Is it really? Phil, bring it up. Mine's <laughs> in the Queen's money, though. That's okay. Bring it up. It'll hurt more. Oh, 13 cents US I got. I got 13 cents US. Yeah, 9 UKP. <laughs> yeah, so... Pence. We'll... We'll call that a hundred and something thousand U.S. dollars. Look, that's so, Lambo money, uh, man. <laughs> I liquidated that in uh, at like near the bottom of the market. I still made money on it. But right. It was like a pittance. I mean, that's fair. I got in really early, but I made money on it. But I liquidated it for like maybe like twenty k. I sold so, my V chain at a loss too. Don't worry. Um, yeah. Except for me, it doesn't really hurt that much. I'm just looking at like losing one thousand to two thousand, one thousand to two thousand dollars. And I think yeah. I'm- well, the the crazy thing about the V chain thing is that uh, it generates uh, uh, its own V-thor. cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. yeah. And I did the calculations a, a couple weeks ago to see how much I would have made on top if I just held on to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about seventy thousand US additional. Eesh. Yeah. That's some. That's a good so loss porn, go. man. That's a good loss porn. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, I'm all about loss porn. I love it. I mean, yeah, I've done my calculations on some of my lost porns. Um, there's a lot of shit coins that I bought. Like, there's this one um, I bought, like Moon Pirate. I think I bought it at, like hundred thousand. Um, they might have sold it at, like hundred fifty thousand because I was mm-hmm. like, this shit sucks. Um, they have no plan. This is a mess of a launch. 
I'm just get out before everything just tanks on me. And um, I looked at it like, I guess like two weeks later, it was like 40 million MCAP. <laughs> is that good or bad? That's good. That's, I mean, okay. that would have been... Or is it good for you or bad for you? Bad for me. Basically, I have some okay. dust still left over, and that dust is actually worth yeah. the money. <laughs> I was like... That, that's nuts. That's nuts, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, basically, for your noobs out there, um, dust is essentially uh, when you're trading like reflect tokens. Like reflect tokens often like give you money back on whenever everybody makes a transaction on it. And so when you make a trade, like there's often like on the Binance Smart Chain Network, there's often like a little lag time be- between your trade and like when you um, actually it executes. During that during that lag time, you're collecting dust. Like you're collecting like extra extra tokens which you're not selling. So by the time your sell goes through. You get these. You get some of the token left over, you know, like your wallet, and you're like, "Well, how did this get there? Oh, dust." And so that leftover token is usually worth nothing. We usually just um, look at it as a joke, but that actually became worth something. <laughs> okay. So what do you what what are we looking at there for lost porn? Like a couple million, a couple hundred thousand? Yeah, I'd say about a hundred thousand. Oof. Yeah. It was a lot. Those are the best stories. Yeah, it was. It was painful. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I think my biggest lost point story is um, when I heard about like Safe Moon. I thought to myself, "What is this stupid shit? Nobody's oh, gonna you buy." Got, got, you got you got roped into that scam. Um, no, I actually avoided that scam, but I should have gotten roped into it, man. Because I heard about it, like right around like the beginning. It was like an old like Telegram right, okay. chats. Yeah, like before it even became like right. a big big thing. It was pricing like a million to like three million, something like that. Something small. And I was like, I ain't buying that shit. Should have bought yeah, that shit. Yeah, one of the things that's <laughs> awesome about crypto is that you could spot scams and make money off of it. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Safe not moon. like the stock market. Yeah. Safe moon was incredible though. <laughs> I mean that yeah. thing that thing rose. It rose uh, hard. I was a bit on a hibernation from crypto for about three years while I was gambling. Uh, so I kind of missed out on that because I think it happened right before I decided to jump back into the pool. And then you jumped in the pool and you're like, what the fuck is this shit? What is, the, what is this new meta? Like, why are you involved in like these dog coins and all these meme coins which are worthless? You know, it, it, it wasn't that. I, I don't have any... Uh, problem with anyone who tries to make money fast or get rich quick because that my entire life has been about trying to get rich quick and you know 10 years later i'm still trying to do it (laughs) Uh, so i don't blame anyone else for doing it yeah Uh, but uh the the DeFi meta was really above my head all those the 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 staking pools the liquidity Mm -hmm. um the uh the synthetic tokens right uh, all right, here's all you need so, to know about DeFi for your perspective. Get your coins, put them in your MetaMask wallet, get it on the right network, and then just find like the really, really trustworthy, um, I guess, farms, and then just stake it. <laughs> just stake your naked token. Just stake your Matic. Just stake your Phantom. Just stake whatever in like some sort of like pool, which is basically married between like USDC and your base uh, token, and you're like your um, base token like Phantom or like Matic. Just put that in the pool. Yeah, that's where you provide liquidity, right? Right, And then yeah. you get back like fake USD. Um, basically, yeah, you get more liquidity 
in your liquid yeah. edge provide. Yeah. And then with that fake USD, you could uh, you could do something else with it, right? And then it just no, it's like a recursive no. Oh, okay. I mean, you basically just leave it in there. You don't do anything with it. You leave it in yeah. there, watch it grow, and hope you don't suffer impermanence loss. Where it would have been better to just hold it naked. Yeah. Yeah, but I think okay. if you hold the stables with paired with like a native token, I mean, if you're holding it for like a period of period of a long time. You're probably gonna like even out and win, right? The way some people describe it on YouTube, it's almost like a Ponzi scheme. Um, no, I actually disagree with that. Um, you're providing right. a service. Essentially, what you're doing is you're making making it possible for people to actually trade all the stupid shit that they trade on these mm -hmm. um, exchanges. You're, okay, and that in interesting. Yeah, in exchange, you're basically putting your tokens on the line. Like you're essentially saying, like, trade through my pool. Yeah. It's okay. I trust you. Okay. Well, that's what crypto's all about, trust. Exactly, exactly. Trust. Yeah. Trust and friendship. <laughs> yeah. So um you came back now and you came back to like a different type of market. And so like what did you look to invest in like right now? Well, uh I had been uh, very successful in other ventures over the last 3 years, so I didn't feel like I needed to do any like Degen hunting, mm -hmm. uh, like I did the last time. Yep. Uh, so I stuck to mainly just putting money in Ethereum. I decided to split half with Bitcoin as mm -hmm. well, but I did it at the worst possible time. Yeah. I did it when the ratio between ETH and Bitcoin was like at an all-time low in favor of uh, ETH, or sorry, in favor of Bitcoin. Ooh, ooh. So yeah, that's just more ETH being burnt. Uh, yep. Due to stupid trading. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I had 50% of my money in Bitcoin, and then I just deposited more to buy to like balance it F Bitcoin 50-50. And then I looked at uh, other possible coins that would be around in the next like four or five years. And I just, you know, being a big Ethereum fan, I just stuck to uh, its... Uh, competitors cardano and Polkadot, which are run by the ethereum co-founders or at least two of them oh nice um did you look at any other competitors of um f besides you know um cardano, cardano and Polkadot? oh yeah i did I, I i looked at algorand i uh that was an interesting one i like the tech behind that or i shouldn't say i like the tech because i'm not really tech savvy i don't know anything about computers oh man uh, but <laughs> yeah I, I like the concept behind that. I looked at Solana. Mm -hmm. uh, should have looked harder at that I, one, man. <laughs> I really should have, yeah. Um, but uh, I guess right now I'm more in just investing in the personalities, right? Like Gavin Wood and Charles Hoskins. Yeah. Hoskinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they inspire a lot of confidence. Didn't you meet Charles Hoskinson once? <laughs> I did, yes. Uh, uh, but let's not get into that. <laughs> we rated our story. It's a joke, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you basically based it on the personalities. You figured that based on the personalities that you know these are the these are the smart pets. Yeah, and I mean those guys help create Ethereum, so I mean it can't be that bad. Yeah. Uh, with Algorand, I know like it's run by some guy who has like a PhD in mathematics. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't know who he is. Right. Yeah. Yep. So those were your choices, and then um, 
How did it work out so far? Uh, you know what? Despite coming in late, uh, I uh, I've done really well. Nice uh, with Polkadot and uh, Cardano. My uh, average cost basis has been really low, and you know I I haven't been making the mistakes I've made the last time around, which is just to buy whenever uh, you know they they are, they've already shot up in price. Right, right. You you yeah. wait for like the right entry, and then you just go in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've gotten. Uh, I I have. I still. I did look at some DGen coins like uh, Phantom and ah. uh, a coin called Cody, which I immediately traded out of right away to buy more uh, Cardano and uh, Polkadot. So what happened with Cody? <laughs> Is that the, so that's the one you traded away, right? I'm sorry. So why did you trade away Cody like right away? Because you well, got... it just had a crazy run up, ah. and uh, you know. The the thing with these, uh, like, it's not even on the first page of the coin market cap top 100. It's on the second page, uh-huh. which for me is, like, really low and, like, risky. So when it had its run-up, I just sold it, and I, I haven't looked at it since. Like, I was going in there just for the speculation. Ah, okay, that makes sense. For me, when I look at the yeah. second page, I always think to myself, there are some good opportunities here. Right. Yeah, yeah and there probably are, but uh, just the amount of research you have to put into it. It's massive, For yeah. For me, I can make a decent amount of money just betting on hockey, so right. I don't have to do that. Yeah. Right, right. And so what happened with you and Phantom? Oh, God. Okay, so Phantom was my first DeFi coin. Uh, and I, you know, the only reason I bought it uh, was because a whole bunch of you guys were so positive on it. Bunch of us nerds. And yeah, you fucking World of Warcraft fanboys uh, were so positive on it. That, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I guess I can throw a couple hundred bucks into it. And uh, then I locked it up into its staking program. And uh, uh, it's locked up there until September, so. No, actually, that's a smart move, I think. I think it'll even itself out. And you'll be surprised. Yeah, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Who knows? I don't, like, I don't know the DeFi ecosystem well enough to really make any predictions or judgments on... Uh, FTM, but I think I could have done a lot better job researching. But you know, like I'm a gambler, so. I mean, it was I'm a good gamble. Be... I mean, it went from twenty-seven yeah. cents to like nearly a dollar. The thing is, I got in at like sixty cents. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I got in around twenty-seven cents. Got in pretty early. I mean, not early, yeah. early, but I mean, I got in earlier than I got right in. I got right in when the craze was about to hit, with people using it to actually build things on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think I got it like the right time with a good entry. But now you guys, I know you guys are using it as a as a DeFi thing, but it actually does have other purposes, right? It does. It does have other purposes. Um, yeah. I think we covered in like the previous in one of the previous pods where we talked about um, the work that the foundation is doing with different governments, and now they got that new partnership. They got that new car partnership. Um, let me look it up. Actually, no, Phil, look it up. Uh, Phantom. Yeah, no, they... Well, these are guys working with the Afghanistan government or something. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Phil, they have a new partnership with a, um, I think like a Formula One car driver. Look that one up for us. Uh, Quantum fintech. What's the team called? Scuderia Alpha Tora. Scuderia. They are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, F1's a lot of money involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, presumably these guys are never going to win a race, though. 
Um, look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Lewis Hamilton, so probably not. I mean, I don't. I think it's not a no-name though. Uh, main driver Pierre Gasly. I've not heard of him before. Uh, okay, okay. So I figure you know um, your F1 because I really don't. God, no, it's pretty boring. Might as well just go and watch cars in the road. But uh, damn, hater. That's for a different. Yeah, it's really boring. All right. So the, ne- first, the first corner's fine, where there could be a crash, but the rest <laughs> of it's just boring. All right. So the next time you're in a, next time you're in the pub, go ask somebody about this, and you know, ask them about how big of a deal it is. Need to figure this out, Phil. This is very important. I think if I ask a random Brit in the pub about Phantom, they're gonna look at me confused. Oh, don't ask about Phantom. Just ask about the Formula One team. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, he sounds a bit French though, so they might sort of glass over that. That's fine. You in know. fact, he is French. <laughs> All right. You see, Phantom's getting in France. There you go. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess those are all the questions I really have for you, Rumble. I mean, Miguel. I mean, I know you as a Rumble. I mean, I go by many names. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to call me Rumble or Miguel. All right. I'll call you. Um, run by. I'll call you Davis. Davis, we'll call you Davis. Davis is fine. <laughs> Davis is great, you know? This is an anonymous podcast for me. I don't wanna I don't want my private details being leaked out into the world. Nice, nice. So um yeah. Yeah. So Phil, this is Davis, by the way. Davis. Changed his name multiple times during this pod. <laughs> yeah. Split personalities coming out. Nice, nice. Um, no, you guys, I know both of you guys, you avoid the larger market cap coins, right? The top 10s for the most part. Uh, no, no, Except no, no. Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. We own some of that. Yeah. Um, Phil owns some yeah. Doge. Phil owns a lot of Doge. Well, no, I actually got rid of all my oh, you Doge. got your Doge. You got rid of your Doge. Just before, yeah, it's all gone. Just before the big crash, I got rid of it. So it timed it quite well. But I think it did yeah. pump a bit after that because Musk said some nonsense again. But uh, <laughs> I moved it all into uh, Bitcoin. Huh. Yeah, that was a good move. That was a good move, yeah. Which has gone up slightly. Yeah, so I think I put $1,200 odd in that. Smart, smart. Yep. All right, yeah. so yeah, let's um, guess let's transition out of the interview and let's talk about, you know, the world. The world of crypto. So let's talk about what's going on in high MCAP coin land. A lot of shit went down this past week. Bad shit. So, uh, yeah, so we first started out with, um, you know, we had the Elon Musk hijinks. And then after that, we had some um, weird China slash tether slash other things FUD, which brought things down to 42K. Right. And then from there, we just had some more weird FUD to get it down to like 38K. And then. I think that sort of thing happens every year with crypto. Uh... I don't think they had anything really to do with it. It just seems like a lot of the technical analysis guys were saying it was due yeah. to fall anyways. That's yeah. basically what I think happened. Like, there's no more buy pressure. People were, like, really something to buy. Um, yeah. The air was getting a little nervous, so, like, any little thing could, like, set it off. And here mm-hmm. comes Elon Musk, you know, with his, you like, know. like Heidi, Heidi, ho I'm Elon. Yeah. In his flat monotone you know, voice. Typically, uh, when you start seeing coins like Shiba, uh, whatever the fuck, and uh, Dogecoin get, getting the attention, it generally means a correction. It should be coming. Nano! <laughs> Nano, yeah, that's a good one, too. 
You know, that's another coin I lost a ton of money on. <laughs> that's that was a real shit coin, but I actually had some use to it. But those people uh, are crazy, Nano fanboys. Yeah, it's funny how Nano actually like shot up when people were like, Elon Musk is gonna buy a Nano. Nope, Elon's not buying Nano. He has no idea what Nano is. <laughs> He's not gonna learn what it is anyway. He probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so we had that major. I think they have some network problems too. Uh, yeah, they've had those issues. Yeah, they've had those issues. That's why they have like issues getting onto exchanges because exchanges don't want to deal with that crap. Yeah, I, I, that was why they were only on that one scam exchange for the longest time too, Bitgrail. Yeah, Bitgrail before Brickhell yep. inevitably, you know, That's... crashed and burned. As it as happens with all uh, exchanges, they exit scams. Yes, exactly. Yes. They eventually got on Binance, which is good for them, but, you know. Oh, wait, they're on Binance US too, so, you know, that means they're serious. Okay, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so um, we basically had this weird Bitcoin drop things. Uh, you know, and then it took, the, it took the rest of the market with it, obviously. Um, we had that weird crash from 38 to 30K, which... There's like no real reasons for it. There's like no real impetus. It just happened at like 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody knows why. Everything dropped at the same time. Um, a lot of us think it's like some sort of hit job. And there's like some weird 4chan theories going around about how it was coordinated by the Chinese government to shake out Elon Musk, apparently. Right. But I think that's kind of okay. I think that's kind of crazy. I don't really buy that. Yeah. Um, but I love those 4chan theories sometimes when they're not QAnon based. Um, mm -hmm. This one's hilarious. So It was clearly the Clintons. They must have been involved. <laughs> it was the Clintons' fault for, you know, making your rock go down. That's outrageous. I mean, look, Bill Clinton has his hands everywhere. You know, you can't trust that guy. Only on your interns, I thought. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So, um, so did you guys pick any anything up during that big dip? Um, I just bought some Bitcoin. I basically Bitcoin, yeah. I sold my um, Matic after that big dip around like two bucks. I was like, okay, yeah, oh. that's not so bad. Yeah, I was kind of worried at that point. I didn't really. I'm not really sure the market's gonna go right now. It's, right. It's, it's teetering on an edge. Uh, you can always buy it back. I can always buy it back. Uh, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it's cheaper now than it was when you sold it. Right, you sold it at two bucks. Yeah, right, right. Make it a little higher, but that's okay. I'm okay with buying back in higher. I mean, all I can if if I buy back in higher, then I can make it up staking it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that means I have to be a true believer that this coin is going to go up for a while. And I don't know if I actually really believe that in Matic. I mean, I no. feel I feel like in terms of market cap, it's really high right now. And right. yeah, it's a layer two. It's a side chain. It's got competitors coming out on Ethereum, serious competitors, which aren't going to require you to buy a coin to actually get their benefits. So it doesn't actually require you to, to like go on sidechains as well, I don't think. Just stay on mm -hmm. Ethereum and you'd be fine. So those are coming out and those are going to cause trouble. So I'm a little bit, we're a little bit worried about those having an impact on Matic. So and I got a little nervous and I sold. I'm not too familiar with it, but isn't it a layer two uh, Ethereum scaling solution? That yeah, it is. Area. It is. It's layer two site yeah. scaling solution, and there's like another layer right, two. So it's not. 
it's not really an Ethereum competitor or, or no. alternative, right? No. There's no like ecosystem. It makes Ethereum. Scams. It solves problems that Ethereum has. Right. Yep. So it's more of a complement to Ethereum. Yep. If Ethereum goes up, then theoretically Matic should also go up. Right. And vice versa. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. But my issue is that we have optimistic rollouts coming up soon. Rollups. And those are like another yeah. solution, which don't require you to go on the sidechain, really. They kind of create now, their... when the oh sorry yeah I didn't mean to interrupt. Go oh ahead. no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, <laughs> I said go. <laughs> yeah, so I was just saying like rollups really they don't require you to go on the side chain. It's just a it's just the transactions go through on their own and they come back onto the main chain. So they get recorded on the main okay. chain. Yeah. Um. So my question was like, when Ethereum two finishes, which whenever that is, will there still be a use case for Matic? Who knows? Um, I think the people who run Matic will say yes, um, right. but we'll see then. I mean, sure they okay. sure they have a theoretical use case, but are people actually going to adopt it still? Right. That's the question. And what are the competitors to Matic? Um, there are a few other competitors, layer two side chains. I can't really call their names. They lost, so you know who mm -hmm. cares. Right. Okay. Because uh, initially, when I when I was uh, reading up on it, it's. It didn't seem like anything like the Ethereum competitor at, at all, but uh, right. the people who were pushing it on me were kind of made it seem like that. But, you know, again, that's crypto. Yep, that's crypto. Not an Ethereum competitor. Yeah. It's an Ethereum. It's, it's, it's either going to be an Ethereum kind of like placement if Ethereum doesn't get its shit together. Or mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I actually don't believe that. Um, but Ethereum will eventually get its shit together, I think, sooner rather than later. Or there's... I have big bets on Cardano and Polkadot that Ethereum won't get its shit together. But oh, man. Just to hedge my bets, I also have big bets on Ethereum. So That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't really believe in Cardano. I think Cardano is a smart contract language and they get them in the end. It's not solidity. Right. It's something something different. It's in Haskell. It's annoying to code. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm kind From of a I'm hater. Here, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm a hater of it. That's why I'm like, oh. it's, it's overhyped. <laughs> For me, fundamentally, it just it, it uh, a lot of the like it has all the, that ecosystem going for it, and uh, uh, the big thing is um, its staking protocol just encourages people to hold. I think seventy five percent of the people who hold Cardano are staking it on the network, which is pretty good for price. That is pretty good for price. I agree with that. Yeah. It's either seventy or seventy five percent. I think Polkadot might be seventy or seventy five percent as well. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Polkadot, I mean, it's it's so attractive to stake because it's of the 13, 14% return. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, Phil, I hear that you earn some. I, Phil, I hear that you own some internet computer now. Is that true? Oh, no, the ICP. No, I just thought it was cool. Cool name. <sighs> Man. No, I didn't buy any, and it's a good job because I think Coinbase announced they had it. I got the pop up on the phone, and it had tanked, I think, since then. I mean, it's up now pretty big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, is, it was down 50% last time I checked, but yeah, it seems to have shot back a bit. I mean, Phil, yeah, you're, you're... under 100 bucks at a certain point. <sighs> I should have bought then. Hindsight. Yeah. I mean, I was kind wow, of thinking yeah. about it, but I'm, I was like, what is internet computer? <laughs> yeah, and, we... And uh, while I was researching it on my cell phone while at the grocery store, it shot up like 50% right, right away. <laughs> there you go. I think a lot of people do their, a lot of people do their research faster and figure it out. And they're like, "Oh wow, this is a revolutionary." I mean, right? I just think it's a bunch of hype. It's 
probably bullshit. Well, that seems to be everything with crypto, right? Everything's revolutionary. True. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's true. But this, I feel like, this is some good-ass marketing. I, I respect right. it. But it's too high for me. And I just don't understand, like, why this is, like, top 10 MCAP right away. Like, there's, like, no room to, like, really grow here. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, probably the next thing I'm probably going to look at when it comes out is probably Casper. Unless that too shoots up like a motherfucking rocket, which very well could. Okay. Uh, Casper is a phantom degen coin, right? No, no. That's a um, another blockchain uh, network. Oh. That, yeah, another okay. potential DAP um, solution that's okay. coming out. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you you had a guy who doesn't know anything about the modern crypto scene yeah. on your crypto podcast, and this is what you get. I mean, that's great, man. I get to you know yeah. educate you and tell you all about the stupid <laughs> shit. And, and I mean, you got too. Yeah. yeah, big crypto noobs. <laughs> I'm I'm happy, honestly, just with Ethereum and my two Ethereum competitors, and uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, staking gets uh, activated on Ethereum soon, so I can start getting those compound interest gains. Right, that'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. But Ethereum stake has been has been like a so has been a speculated thing for like a long ass time. It never really has happened. Yeah. Oh God, I I fucking yeah. <laughs> More lost porn, but I I I think at one point I had enough to run like two potential Ethereum nodes. Ooh man, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had sixty five. I th- I'm pretty sure I had sixty five or seventy five units of it, so that would have been enough. For uh, Ethereum, I think the uh, the minimum required stake is like 32 units. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I would have been able to run two separately. Actually, your, your best was just run one if you if it compounds. And then I don't think it compounds. It it's, it uses a different type of staking protocol than. Oh, okay. Then yeah, run two points. Yeah, yeah. It's run. kind of complex. Yeah, a bit above my head. Ha! <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so, uh, you know, things happen when you have to liquidate stuff to buy buy real world products. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and actually, that leads that that maybe that's a good segue into another point. I I recently had to liquidate uh, like ninety nine percent of my Bitcoin holdings to make a down payment on something. Ooh, what happened? I did it at fifty six k. Okay, so, that's good. That's good. You saved yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You saved uh, yourself from accidentally from... a genius. <laughs> That's it's not the best kind. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. But now I'm uh now I don't no longer have a Bitcoin stack, which I, I feel like I probably should. It's, it just seems like if you don't have a, at least one Bitcoin, you're just you're not worth it in crypto. Uh, there's a lot of people I know who could afford one Bitcoin but don't have any Bitcoin. They're too busy investing in shit coins. Yeah. I mean, it's. I guess it's one way to do it, but you know, you keep on hearing. You always hear these, uh, like the latest. The latest figure on the Wall Street is Kathy Woods. She's yeah. Kind of been like a superstar on Wall Street for a while with her ETFs. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Arc ETFs, and she was saying the other day that her tar- her price target for Bitcoin is five hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, yep. Eh, She's got a chart guy or a chart girl who runs the math and you know figures it out. Yeah, it says 500k, burr. But she also makes a whole bunch of curious moves. I mean, if you're subscribed to her newsletter, uh, she they they detail all the trades they make every single day with their Ark ETFs, and like some of the moves are just you know baffling to me. 
Uh, like she recently sold a whole bunch of her Apple holdings and then re reinvested more into Coinbase, a firm which is a fintech company, and Square, which all have and they all have exposure to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Making big bets on Bitcoin. Yeah, but I'm like, why would you get rid of Apple for that, you know? Maybe she's not a believer in Apple. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't believe in Apple? Kathy Woods. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe she's a bigger degen than any of us. <laughs> yeah, she might be on one of the, she might be on one of the degenerate discords that I'm on right now. You know, talking shit. Yeah, that's right. She's uh, she's she's on one of your 4chan degen discords talking about like yield farming. <laughs> she's probably talking about how she got into Super Pepe world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and farm Pepe's. <laughs> God. All right, on that note, we should probably transition down to the world of shitcoins, or the low-end cap world, where you know not much about, but you can sit and wonder as we talk about all this oh, shit. Oh, but I have experience in this world, too, so... Nice. Yeah. I am not above buying shitcoins. Nice. So the story yeah. of this week in the shitcoin world, besides everything going down due to flames, due to Bitcoin going down, is there was like this thing called Pancake Bunny. Bill, bunnies, isn't that great? Yeah, it was until it was a scam, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't really a scam. It got hacked. Um, somebody did like some sort of hack where they got a bunch of loans, and they bought a bunch of uh, they bought a ton of this um token. Um, and then they were, I think they were planning to crash it down, and then escape with the money. But um, I think that's what I thought it was. But let me go ahead and see exactly. Like I. Found like this nice, neat little um, media article which explains it for dumbasses like us. Um, Alright, so here's how this hack worked. Um, you get a bunch of flash loans um, from different pools on um, Pancake. And then you take these um, flash loans, um, deposit them into another pool and get some liquidity. And then um, you apparently mint a bunch of tokens. Then you take those. Um, then you, then another, you have another step where you swap some more tokens um, into that pool that you created. And um, so that pool in turn now has like a large reserve. Then um, you go to like Pancake Bunny. There's a function you can call there on the contract itself called Get Reward. And so you get the rewards that way, and then through like these whole like these L, through all these like liquidity pool shenanigans, they're able to get seven million bunny, which is valued at like a billion dollars. Dev team also got a lot of bunny too, like about a one point five million. And then from there, what they do is um, they take those flash loans that, that they borrowed out, they send it back to Pancake Swap, which they borrowed from, and also from this other group called like Four Two Bank. So they got the bunny as a reward, and they pay back their loan. And then they take that bunny that they got as a reward and just sell it. <laughs> and I think they made like $40 million out of that. And I take it these guys are just gone? They can't track them? Or... No, they can track them. They can stop the wallet from transferring the money out. Um, CZ can do all. Your funds are safe with CZ. Uh, now, you, you're a coder, right? Both of you? Yeah. I'm a coder. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, would you say that the uh, the issue with uh, that uh, hack was bad coding? Um, I think the major issue is that uh, Pancake Swap really shouldn't allow you to do flash loans. Right. Yeah. And uh, quickly explain to uh, the audience what are flash loans. Um, that's actually good. I mean, essentially like a um way for you to I guess I'm not really sure exactly like how flash loans work. I mean, it's not, it's the, for me, like, the best way to look at it is um, it's something that Pancake Co-op has that they don't really advertise. And mm-hmm. it was probably, like, a product of the um, code that they basically forked over without realizing it still existed there. And they don't want to deal yeah. with it. I see. Yeah. Okay. And so, essentially, um, it's probably something they need to deal with on their end. It uh, sounds like, because of the name... Flash loans—they're really fast. Um, that's what I'm getting here from my from a layman's perspective. Let's go look it up. I'm not gonna say Phil, look it up. I'm going to say Neil, oh, look, look it up. up. You did look it, it up. Says individuals must repay the lender in the same transaction that issued the funds. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's go read up on this. That's kind of hard uh, to do because I mean, like, how can you do it in like the same transaction? can't. Alright. Okay, let's see. A flash loan. The concept of a flash loan was first turned by Marble Protocol in 2018. Marble marketed itself as a smart contract bank, and its product was a simple yet brilliant DeFi innovation. Zero risk loans via a smart contract. How can a loan have zero risk? Traditional lenders take on two forms of risk, yada yada yada. Default risk and illiquidity risk. We don't need to care about that. Um, flash loans essentially mitigate both of those risks. Okay, here's the meat of it. Here's how a flash loan works. I'll lend you as much money as you want for a single transaction, but by the end of the transaction, you must pay me as much, at least as much as I lent you. If you're unable to do that, I will roll back your transaction. So, um, essentially, if you don't pay back this loan event quickly, then it, the whole transaction gets reverted as if it didn't really happen. So let me go see um, how this would exactly. So if I borrow, let's say, ten dollars from you in a flash loan, mm-hmm. uh, what does it mean to do it in one transaction? Does, th- does it mean I have to pay it back before like the block time processes? Um, I think there's like a time where it, like kind of freezes up, so I gotta pay it up before. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a you have a very small period of time to actually make this work, right? Yeah, and so if you can make it work quickly, then you're good. And these pancake bunny guys exploited it and then stole a billion dollars. Uh, yeah, essentially they exploited it and they stole a billion dollars. Yeah. Pretty smart on their part. Okay. I mean, they did nothing wrong, technically that, speaking. See, yeah, it's an exploit, right? So I guess it's not illegal. No, it's not legal at all. I mean, what they do is perfectly yeah. legal. And, you know, people got to fix their shit, so to speak. Yeah. I, I've, uh, like I said, I'm not a coder, but I've just been, I've been reading a lot of uh, stuff about Binance uh, Smart Chain. And it's, from what I understand, there's a lot of poorly coded coins that are basically just copy and paste jobs on it. Yeah, that's essentially what it but is. Then- yeah, and they're dressed up in a really nice interface, so it looks like they're actually better than they actually are. But is that not the history of crypto? It's not like the old days. 
I mean, it's pretty much software development in general. <laughs> a lot of yeah. copy and paste. Yeah, I mean, isn't is it? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Isn't Dogecoin itself also like essentially just a fork of another coin? I think. Yeah, Dogecoin is a is a copy and paste job of Litecoin, and then they yeah. just added adjustments to it. They made it inflationary. Yeah. And uh, they uh, one of the actually this is a cool theory that I've read about Dogecoin the the recent pump. Mm -hmm. So one of the things about Dogecoin is that it can be mined simultaneously with Litecoin. So when you mint Litecoins, you also mint Dogecoin. So when um, when one pumps, the other pumps. Yep. And if you look at their graphs, they're actually very similar in shape, just not in magnitude, obviously. Yeah. Because uh, Dogecoin had, uh, what's his face? Elon. Uh, Elon. Yeah, Elon Musk pumping it. Right. Yeah. So maybe... I'm thinking like maybe the source of the Dogecoin pump was actually initially Litecoin miners who decided to cash in. Because typically what, what Dogecoin miners would do is they would sell their Doge for Litecoin. Mm -hmm. like, double up on your profits and then, you know, go on from there. Right. Um, yeah, I think what was going on with Doge is that it was like really beaten up. And it had like a nice little rise. Then Elon took over. Yeah. But like it should be beaten up. It's, it's like a coin that's meant to be worthless. Yeah, exactly. It was meant as a meme, but it became yeah. It became a meme of power and grace and excellence. Right. I mean, that's 2020 in a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Was, my favorite thing is also like crypto astrology. How that's become a big thing too. Oh really? Yeah. I, I, I was unaware of this. Um, go on TikTok of TikTok and look up somebody named Marin Altman. She's... I'm far too old for TikTok. I mean, okay. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I'm over 30. <laughs> yeah, it sets off red flags somewhere if you're over 30 on TikTok. Yeah. But I mean, hey, no good. But I mean, hey, if you want to look it up, go look it up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will help educate you about the shitcoin space. You know, it's um, the, the shitcoin space, I have to say, I, I, it's, it's, it's not funny for the people who lost all the money. But right. To me, I just find it hilarious. So it is something I will be reading up on. I love reading stories about people losing tons of money on shitcoins. It's pure gambling. Yeah. Um, I, I do like this new kind of like frontier of shitcoins where they dress everything up nicely. Because back, back when I was doing the shitcoin stuff, like you had to go on some like really shady websites mm -hmm. that, were, that looked like GeoCity web pages from like the late 90s. Right. Coinlist. Yeah. Not Coinlist. It was Coins coin, Market. Coins Market, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, right. That's that's, coins markets. That's that's uh, like shit, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you'd find something for like one Satoshi. Yeah, uh, and then you know you the next day for ten. Yeah, Colx. yeah. Also, Coin XT. <laughs> yes, uh, I've managed. I've only invested in. Well, I shouldn't say I've only invested in three shit coins. For all we know, all of crypto is a shit coin. But, right. Uh, those uh, low, super low M cap coins that are like maybe market caps of like under a million mm -hmm. uh, i've had three of them and i've actually i'm pretty sure i'm one of the few people who've profited in all three so there you go nice nice yeah. uh, all right um yeah so i guess all i really have left in the low mcap world is for my phantom fanboys i need to i need to, I need to update you guys on what's been going on because we always like to hear about the phantom Except for Rumble. Yes, tell me about Phantom. Okay, okay. I mean, I hold Phantom, so... Yeah, I mean, you are you are a Phantom holder. You need, you need to know about this stuff. This is very important as a Phantom yeah. shareholder. 
Um, yeah. So um, right now in the world of Phantom, there's been like a lot of rugs. There was like actually like really interesting ideas, but they've just been rugging. So there was this um, so-called yield farm was supposed to come out called Ghosts and Goblins. Um, it was basically an offer like shitcoin based um, farms. And um, the issue is is that um, it was a good idea. They're gonna like bring in like some of the more sh- successful shitcoins in into their fold, like um, Phantom Shiva. But um, what ended up happening is they didn't deliver on their promises, and boom, they just pulled the rug on you. And I don't think I think at that point they just kind of disappeared. They pulled up shop, and um, developers disappeared, and you know nothing happened. Was this a Ghosts and Goblins? Yeah. Ghosts and Goblins. Okay. Um, I already didn't trust it just based on the name. It's a video game reference. Yeah. That's why she trusted, though. In this world... No! <laughs> in this world, everything is shit. Yeah. I mean, if, if it violates the copyright, that makes it even more trustworthy. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I guess I have to go with your experience. Right. Right. <laughs> I think my favorite is like all those tokens called Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and like a lot of people are like, so what about the you know um, the fact that they're violating copyright? Who cares? Scooby doesn't care. It's still gonna be dead before you know anybody from Hanna Barbera finds out about its finds out about its existence. And that's the truth. Scooby Doo token is yeah. probably dead on the uh, Binance Smart Chain. I'm not gonna look it up. You can look it up, Phil, if you want to. These Wild West stories are one of the reasons why you stick to the large MCAP coins. Because even in a, in the like in the world of traditional finance, just the large MCAP coins are considered the Wild West. Right, right. Uh, you, you guys are what you guys are doing is like Wild East. You know? <laughs> I mean, what I'm doing is Wild East. Phil's in Shiba, yeah. man. Phil, Phil buys yeah. shit coins on Binance. Shiba need a government bailout. That was a waste of money. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And so after that, like the one thing that Phantom really needs on this platform is a way for you to like launch your shit coins easily to the world, buy them. So there is a platform called, I mean, on Binance Smart Chain and also Matic, you have DXL. DXL is a platform which allows you to easily buy your shit coins like very easily, um, and it also like offers like some level of trust and security. So you can use that platform to buy in on the initial release of a shit coin. And so you can trust that you won't get a rug like right away. You have some level of trustworthiness there. Um, Phantom doesn't really have that right now, so it's like the wild wild west there. So there's like one platform which is gonna come out called Ghost Starters. That was its plan was to be like a little trustworthy of like a, a pl- release platform, but they also rugged. They had a private presale. People sent them money. They took that money and ran. I think it was about 340, 350 to 450k they took. Sizable amount. Um, yeah. yeah, for a shit coin, yeah. Right. That's one Lamborghini. Exactly, exactly. And then on um, Phantom, there's also something called Waka Finance. Um, they have their IDO. They're supposed to release tokens to us. We, keep, we provide them liquidity. But they keep on delaying the release on us. So we actually don't know if something's actually going to happen here or it's just an extended shitcoin show and, you know, they're just going to pull themselves out and then we have to go find these contracts and release ourselves manually from this pain. Mm-hmm. Now, well, Phantom has their own ecosystem, right? They're not just a DeFi platform for minting shitcoins or whatever. I mean, the, uh, the ecosystem they have is part and parcel part of this same 
you know, shitcoin ecosystem. It's all the same ecosystem. Oh, so it's all just DeFi related? There's no, like, I don't know, like, privacy thing? Uh, somebody can make their own privacy coin okay. on the Phantom Network. But, you know, most people are using it right now for DeFi shit. There'll be some, leg- there's some legitimate stuff coming out. Like, um, there's this stablecoin pro- project called um, Iron Finance. They do some, mm-hmm. uh, they do some stable coins, algorithmic stable coins, partially algorithmic stable coins, partially collateralized, and they basically keep to their pack. So it's a stable, stable stable coin which actually works. Um, mm-hmm. That should be coming out on Phantom reasonably soon, but first they're setting up a Matic initially because you know Matic's the hot shit right now. Phantom is getting hot, right. but you know it's not yet there. And then we have uh, Beefy. Beefy is like the world's number one, you know, vault form, vault sort of like um, program. And mm-hmm. um, essentially, you basically deposit your tokens there, and they take care of like compounding it for you and managing, you know, its growth um, through their like equations and their formulas. So Beefy is suspiciously like BitConnect. No, it's not BitConnect at all. It's more like. Okay. You have, like, for example, like, instead of you manually compounding your um, farms for you, mm-hmm. you just you just deposit your tokens in Beefy and they do the manual compounding for you. Oh, they do the yield farming for you? Yes. yes. Do they, is there, like, a lockup period? No. No. Okay, so you can deposit it, and then if you get cold, uh, cold feet, you can just withdraw it right away? I mean, there's, like, a 0.1% fee for withdrawing right away, but... Okay, but like the fee isn't a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you just beefy being on Phantom is pretty big, and they're spending their offerings there. Um, they're using Spooky, um, Boo, which is like a big farm on Phantom, uh, and then they're using some smaller farms on Phantom, like Esther. They recently unleashed, unveiled some vaults using Esther Finance, which is another farm on uh. Phantom, which at first they weren't doing so hot, but I think this partnership with Beefy will be helping them out quite a bit. It's big for them. And yeah, there's another yield farm, which actually, no, there's another, you know, sort of like vault on um, Phantom that I think is doing all right called Frank. Um, It's like really the only thing on Phantom this week that didn't really rug. And that's good. And essentially, that's what's going on with Phantom. So, um, okay. I guess we covered low MCAP coins, we covered the high MCAP coins. Let's go down to the new question of the week. Um, new question of the week essentially um, from Vanover in San Francisco, and it was Tether FUD. Explain this to me. I don't understand. Isn't that a real thing? Yes, Ben. Tether is a real thing, it's a real threat. Um,. And the news that we heard this week was pretty bad about how little money they have in reserve to back up their, um, you know, their tether reserves. But I don't think it's what, it's what exactly caused the crash because the timing doesn't match up. I mean, maybe there's a theory. There's theories out there that was like kind of like delay crash in which people heard about the reserves, um, larger companies heard about the reserves, then their um, accountants and such saw information about Tether, and then they pretty much told them, like, hey, you got to do a little cut on your Bitcoin reserves because you have way too much exposed, and Tether scares us a little bit, so just cut back a little bit. And there's a theory out there which kind of goes, like, that's kind of, like, caused some of the crash, but 
that is, that requires me to connect a lot connect a lot of dots to make that happen. So I don't really buy that. Um, it's disconcerting, but I don't think Tether is the real. It was the bomb this time around. Um, any thoughts? Any thoughts, Rumble? Does the existence of other uh, stable coins now in the ecosystem kind of mitigate the Tether FUD somewhat? I think so. I think so because you have other options. You're not just yeah. going to Tether. Yeah, there's like USDC, which I find much more trustworthy. Yep, yep. USDC is definitely way more trustworthy. There's also Boost yeah. Binance USD. Boost, yeah. Yeah. I think there's MakerDAO that has its own thing. Or yep, yep, yep. Dai. Yep, Dai. Dai is another one, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it seems like Tether FUD, it was a huge thing back in like 2017 and 2018. Yeah, yeah. but now that you have other options, yeah. I think it should be like a lot less of a thing. Yeah, so I mean, crypto will never crash again, is what you're saying. 100%, yes, crypto will never crash again. This is just a speed bump, yeah. guys. Invest, yeah. every, every, invest everything you own in Matic, and actually no, not Matic, in Phantom. This is financial advice, follow it. You know, inadvertently, that's what's that's what kind of happened to me in 2017. I, I put in only what I considered to be like a minor amount, and then because of price appreciation of Ethereum, it came to like represent like 60 percent of my portfolio. <laughs> Damn, that's what happened yeah. to me with Matic too. Like I put in what I thought was a minor amount, but then it became a really big part of my portfolio, and I was like, shit. Yeah. All right, that was a pretty quick answer of question and answer on Tether. I guess we didn't really have much to talk about there. We both kind of agreed I mean, on that one. I don't know one. if we really answered the question, but... Uh... I don't really know how to answer that question, really. I mean, uh... yes, Tether FUD is a thing, but no, it's more mitigated now than 2018 because you have more options. Possibly, yeah. I would like to get a, a real answer on that from like, uh, like someone with a PhD or something in finance. Cool. Phil, do you have a PhD in finance? Yeah, unfortunately not. I'm working towards it still. Nice, nice. Well, no. I mean, someone who buys oh. Dodge, Doge probably isn't going to get a finance degree. <laughs> I mean, you could have a PhD in finance and still be a degenerate gambler. Like, right. Well, true, yeah. Maybe it helps yeah. you. True. Yeah, if anything. Uh, yeah. I studied economics when I was in school. <laughs> nice. I should be avoiding all this shit. Right. I hope they're teaching crypto nowadays. <laughs> Not useless stuff like stocks and shares. Boomer currencies. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And I'm thinking on that note, we should probably go and close this pot out. I think we've ran out of topics to talk about. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts, guys? All in Cardano. All in Cardano. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To, to keep on my image of being a degenerate. Also, Maddox sucks. Maddox sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phil? Uh, buy some sheep. Buy some sheep, sheep however it's pronounced. Are you shilling your bag right there? Uh, I'll sell it to someone. <laughs> so you're shilling your bags right now. <laughs> you're, you're in the cool group if you do, anyway. Um, yeah, on that note, I'll let everybody know that I will not be buying sheep. Think sheep is worthless? It's going to zero. Mm. And Phil's... ICP. I mean, yeah, buy ICP guys, buy ICP. Jug Best of Yes, yes. Become a juggalo internet computer, guys. Do it. And you yeah, can't go wrong with internet computers. No, you can't go wrong with internet computers, people. And buy Phantom. Saying compassy, no. Always like buy Phantom. <laughs>
<laughs> alright, alright, I'm gonna, yeah, peace out, people, and till next time. Alright, all right, cool. see you all.